emblem space. Adam, yes, for me. I'm going to take a knife to my chest. I intend to remove them. Come quickly, please. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Shedcast. Welcome along. Shedcast is brought to you by Putting It Together. My name is Brian O'Sullivan. This is the official podcast of the Shedinburgh Fringe Festival. So welcome to it. If you haven't heard any of the previous episodes, uh, do yourself a favour and dip back in. We've done an episode every day, uh, the day after the shows have been seen online. So it's a wee bit of extra insight into the shows and a bit of chat with the people who are in the shows and uh, we're bringing you kind of backstage information as well. So today's episode is with Adam Kashmiri. We've just seen his show Adam, um, which he's which he's done for the first time as a solo. That's what's great about this festival as well, is we're kind of we're kind of seeing different versions of people's shows as well. Um he he this is his story, but it's been written by Francis Poet and it, it was a big hit with the National Theatre of Scotland at the at the festival. It's it's been around the place and uh, it's normally a two-hander. So we got to see Adam do that uh, as a solo and as you as you'll hear him talk about with me, I think it brings a new life to the show and a, a different a, just a different vibe, I think, you know. It's as he says it's not it's not better or worse, it's just different. Um so it's the first time I had seen it, and it, it's an amazing story, an amazing story, and it kind of makes me think that's that's what theatre's about, really, is is people's unique stories and their unique experiences um, brought to life in an artistic way to help us see. You know, first of all, we can we can see and start to understand um, the experience of someone like Adam, which is a, a, an amazing. Um, complex and 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 also often terrifying experience, and then we can find ways in which it relates to our own experience, and we can understand the world a wee bit better by spending that time in his company. So it, it's a wonderful opportunity, and I think it highlights what's great about the festival and and about theatre in a bigger sense, you know. But but about this festival as well, because we're getting a really close view on some solo works, and we're we're right in there. Um, there's nothing between us really and the performer, or there's there's as little as possible between us and the performer. It's amazing. So I I was so delighted to to be part of that and to see Adam's piece yesterday. Um and yeah, great to talk to him as well. The first time I've met him, properly chat about about the piece and how it came about, and it's amazing really because for him, as you hear him say. It wasn't a case of he always wanted to do theatre and be involved in the arts and this is one of his shows. It was more that this story had to be told and that through that he's developed this, you know, all-encompassing passion for theatre and the arts. And now that's what he's pursuing, which is, you know, kind of the opposite way around to what we normally hear, particularly on this show. We hear people developing things in childhood, doing shows, you know, doing youth theatre, amdram, different things like that, and then and then pursuing the career. For Adam, the story came first, the experience came first, and the story of that experience having to be told. And then, then there's Cora Bissett, who, as you'll hear in the interview, kind of spots him and hears this little snippet of his story and, and says, this needs to be told. Um, and that's the power of theatre, you know. So, it's great to hear Adam, and I'm, I know you'll enjoy listening to this interview. 
Now, the next couple of days at the Sherinburgh Fringe Festival are very exciting. Tonight, we don't have a show. We're taking a wee day off so that we can move our whole outfit and we're going to be coming from the Soho Theatre in the heart of London's West End very soon. Um, And in the meantime, tomorrow night, we're going to be treated to My Left Nut by Michael Patrick and Oshin Kearney. And this this is going to be broadcast to you from Ireland. The following night, Monday the 24th of August, we've got Immigrant Jam by Lucy Paul and that's coming to you from New York and then we pick up at the Soho Theatre with Jade Adams who's a newly announced act uh, on Tuesday the 25th so it's a pretty exciting uh, turn of events uh, so we're gonna what we're gonna do is our, do our very best to bring you podcasts from those far-flung locations um, we're, I'm still trying to figure out how we're going to do that, but we're going to do it. Um, and then we're going to pick up at the Soho Theatre. And there's, we've got about two weeks then of brilliant programming coming from the Soho. So, to get information about all this stuff, you go to Shedinburgh.com. Shedinburgh.com. It's a really beautiful and simple to use website and it tells you everything you need to know. And keep an eye on that because new things are being announced occasionally. Also, follow Shedinburgh Fest on Twitter and Instagram and follow us, Pod on Twitter and Instagram for information about this podcast as well. We're doing a new episode every day of the festival. So, uh, I'm rubbing it. Can you hear me rubbing my hands together there? <laughs> I'm excited. It's great. So, today I'm bringing you an episode uh, which, is, as I've said, is, is an interview with Adam Kashmiri and then we're going to do uh, the sort of remote episodes and then we're going to pick up at the Soho and it's just, it's an exciting couple of weeks ahead. I'm so delighted to be part of it. Now, ways you can support these projects. If you go to shedinburgh.com, you can book tickets to see these brilliant shows. That's the primary thing you can do. Tickets start as little as £4 and you can give as much as you want and it all goes towards bringing artists to the fringe next year. Artists who might otherwise struggle to get here. So it levels the playing field somewhat and your help in that is much appreciated. You can support this podcast by going to puttingittogethercast.com and clicking on the yellow donate button. Now you can give a small amount, you can give a large amount, you can make it regular or one-off. It's uh, It makes you a patron of this podcast, and this podcast is not funded in any other way. Um, we have occasional episodes helped out with the National Theatre of Scotland. We're getting back to them pretty soon, and I'll tell you about that uh, at a future date. But in the meantime, this is brought to you for, for free by me. So... If you can afford to and you'd like to support the show, go to puttingittogethercast.com and click the yellow donate button. That's all you have to do. It's dead simple. So, I think it's about time I bring you my interview of today. It's Adam Kashmiri. He's with me and we are Putting It Together. Amazing to be honest, really amazing. Yeah. To, to, having done Adam on a big stage and, you know, with lights and sounds and everything and just taking it right down to limited space, I think, uh, yeah, really intense. I think that's the best way to describe it, but excitingly intense, I would yeah. say. Yeah. But this, I mean, the story has to speak for itself in such a small space you don't have much absolutely yeah you just have to tell the story don't you yeah exactly actually what you said there was absolutely brilliant it really takes it down to just the story and the words yeah and just um communicating the story with with the audience that are gonna watch us tonight yeah 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 um so the the story itself i mean obviously it's your story yes How, how close is it i mean is it is it literally um, it's no, it's not literally. Right. It, there is so I would say the way I like to describe it is, 
it is it's got a bit of fiction in it especially the Egypt the Egypt part right uh, the Glasgow part is quite real and quite close to the real experience mm-hmm. but being in um, but the, the Egyptian part of the story is a little bit fictionalized okay uh, but I would say is there is a, a seed of truth to everything that you would see sure. as well um, that makes any sense of yeah. course yeah, yeah. yeah I suppose it doesn't for our purposes it doesn't matter I don't know for example if you really worked in a clothing shop or you know, but yeah, the point yeah, is yeah. the feelings, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the, but you are from Egypt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. born in Egypt and I left there when just as soon as I turned nineteen, actually. Right. So yeah. that part is also true. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is that is true. I came here when I was nineteen, and um, yeah, I've been here for ten years. <laughs> Amazing. I know. Yeah, it's my home now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You live in Glasgow. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. I've always lived in Glasgow since I came to Britain. So um, I know. I love it. I mean. Uh, I had a crazy idea of moving down to London last year, but God, I only spent like three months and I came back up here. I was like, no, Glasgow, Scotland <laughs> is calling me, you know? Um, yeah, man. And yeah, I, I really did miss it. It's just, it's my home now. Uh, this yeah. is the only way I would I would describe it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, I, I couldn't help but think when I was watching, particularly the beginning, you mustn't have had any experience with trans life trans people growing up i mean any knowledge of it even existing is that true yeah that is very true so growing up um i mean in egypt we we, back then like before i left we knew about lesbians and we knew about gay people but Mm -hmm. being trans or transgender anything non-binary of course any of that it just doesn't exist so growing up feeling like you know as you would see in in the piece i thought i was a lesbian at the start and uh but i was like but that doesn't make sense to me because i i don't feel like a woman to begin with sure so i came (laughs) i made peace with the idea that i was I had the soul of a man in a woman's body about the age of 17, but I had no idea that what I felt was actually exist and is true. And there's like billions of people like me. I didn't know. I just thought I was the only guy in the world that had this soul of a man in a woman's body. So you managed to conceptualize it. Literally. And yet with no other example of it. Exactly that, literally. And that's why when I finally was a really dark moment in my life, and I don't know why it never crossed my mind, maybe when I was 17, to say, you know, can the soul of a man be, be trapped in the body of a woman? It just never crossed my mind to type that on a computer. It just seemed ridiculous. Like, what? Of course, how can a soul be trapped? I might be the only one. I might be crazy. Yeah, it seems more fantastical or magical, even the way you put it, the soul. Yeah, well, well, this is how it felt like. You know, you look in the mirror and you just can't see yourself. It, so what else can it be? And you think, well, it's maybe my soul then. It's, yeah. it's my spirit that I feel because when I look in the mirror, there's nothing that matches how I feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so, I mean, in a way, <laughs> this is really weird. So what happened to me in Egypt and what made me left, what made me leave was incredibly hard and dark at the time. But in a way, it was a blessing in disguise because if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have been in that low moment that made me Google that question, can the soul of a man be trapped in a woman's body? And voila, things came up and I got this validation, I'm real. You know, and of course things were hard, but it didn't seem it mattered at that time. I had a goal, a new goal. I had a destiny now, I'm real, I can be me. This is all I'm going to focus on now. Do you know what I mean? Of course. So no matter how hard it is, yeah, it's real. It's real. Exactly. I can I can chase uh, chase something now. Yeah. This, it's not illusion. It's not me crazy. No, billions are like me. I can mm. I can be me. 
you know. For sure. Yeah. And was your, apart from the, the trans issue, was your upbringing artistic in any way? Did you have any idea of the, this way of telling stories? Uh, no, my, my, I have no artists in the family whatsoever. Uh-huh. Um, I was never really um, interested in the arts, but then again, I was never really interested in anything. I was just having a really hell of a time in Egypt, yeah. trying to figure out what what is it that I am? How can I survive? What is it to do? So I never really, like, I, I went, like, I was accepted to uni, like, commerce and stuff, but I never ev- even went. I was telling my mom that I was going every day, but I never really went to uni. Right, I never okay. attended any lectures, just education. Um, career, skills, hobbies, it's just didn't, I didn't have that. I was just too busy worrying about what I was. Yeah. And it just all got developed in here, I think. Um, I think Cora brought that out in me. Um, really? You know, Cora, yeah, absolutely. It. Yeah, she, she really brought out that out in me and um, encouraged me to just, yeah, it taught me so many things, encouraged me to just do whatever I want to do because I was incredibly shy. And yeah. yeah, I would really, I really owe it all to Cora, to be honest with you. She really um, helped me start this wonderful journey. So where, tell us about that. Where did it first start? You met Cora, you had an idea, to, you wanted to tell the story. I mean, how did it happen? So it was actually quite a coincidence. So back in 2012, just right after I was granted asylum, like my refugee status, mm-hmm. I went to Scottish Refugee Council because I, you know, I need to learn what, what I need to do, how to find a job now because I'm allowed to work now that I've got my refugee status. Mm-hmm. And there was, uh, there was some, uh, someone there that worked and suggested something to go and see and it was called Here We Stay. It was like a collaboration uh, between the Scottish Refugee Council and Citizens Theatre. Oh. Um, so I went, you know, I went there. It was voluntary position, community theatre kind of thing. I never like I've been in theatre before ever, not even in Egypt. Um, so never mind even in Scotland. I was very excited. Uh, met with everyone there, and slowly but surely, I started to write something about my life. But it was more like a monologue, five six minutes monologue, just yeah, simple things, saying the highlights of what happened to my life. But <laughs> little did I know, um, Cora was premiering her show, Glasgow Girls. Um, and, you know, the night we, we were premiering our wee show, uh, she was premiering Glasgow Girls. So she came and saw our, our piece, oh. our very humble piece. <laughs> and uh, after, you know, after the performance, Cora, you know, came and spoke to me and like, she was really touched by the story. And um, if I remember correctly, she said it really spoke to her heart. She felt like she wanted to do something for the trans community. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where I got really interested because I was offered to do documentary films before and I refused. Just The idea of just doing a story about me and just me for me, it just really doesn't appeal to me that much. But Cora, Cora was more about the trans community. We want to tell the story of the trans community. It's, you know, it was bigger than me. It wasn't sure. just me. They were, you know, she wanted to use me as a face to the community. Mm-hmm. That really appealed to me. So we always started talking. Uh, she said, you know, she wanted to do it, maybe a film, maybe theater. She wasn't very sure. But then we stopped talking for about two years. We didn't, you know, we, we had this wonderful conversation. We left it for two years. And then I received a phone call from Cora. She was like, Adam, do you remember me? I finally got funding for the piece. And I'm like, wow, do you still remember? I, oh, I, she was trying that whole time. Yeah, exactly. She was yeah. trying this whole time. And I, I thought I was just off her mind. Right. right. Um, but, you know, at this, at this stage, it was just a matter of me kind of uh, giving the story to the National Theatre of Scotland for them to produce it and do it. There mm-hmm. was no really talk about me 
acting in it or performing oh, it or see. anything like that. And that was 2015. Um, and you know, I was I was trying to I was working in KFC <laughs> at the time. I was you know work, going for team leader training, trying to go management, trying to fill up my CV. You know, coming here with no college, no uni or something. Sure. So I was really focused on that. And I was like, Cora, you know what? I'm trying to focus on my life. I want to get some things on my CV. You know, being mm. like. You take it and you do whatever, you know, you feel like I trust you and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you, uh, for some reason it took, it, it didn't go straight away and it took two years to happen to look for actors and start to actually go through with the project. Uh, but then around about the end of 2017, um, they were telling me, like they update me every now and again of what's, you know, the, what what's they've been doing with the, with the script and stuff. And Kura was like, oh, we found a great actress to, to, to form one of um, Sides of Adam, but the, the, the Glasgow Adam, the other character, was still struggling to find somebody who is ethnic minority, trans, refugee or asylum in Britain. So it kind of seemed like a lot of... That's a lot. A lot of boxes to take and yeah. very hard to kind of find uh, at the time, even even more so. Um, I, yeah, I heard that, but I, you know, it never crossed my mind to do anything about that. But I was just telling a pal about it. Uh, and they were like, well, why don't you do it? Oh, really? And I'm like... Yeah, why don't I do it? So I went to Cora, text her, hey Cora, this is gonna sound crazy, but can I audition for Adam in Adam? And you know, because the character is Adam. Uh, but you know, if I'm shit, please let me know. You know, you will not hurt me or offend me or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if it doesn't work out, I just go back to my KFC gig and you know, you go go back to looking for people. Um, so yeah, I went to audition. Cora was really lovely. Allowed me to audition, and she was like, "Of course, would love to see that." Um, and after the audition, she was like, well, "You know, we really love you, but we're a bit worried about your. You know, we don't because this is such a heavy story, touching on very dark moments, and they were quite worried for my mental health. And I really appreciated that, sure. you know. Um, but also, I was I was in a place where that didn't hurt me anymore. That experience wasn't hurting me anymore. I was I was. I was ready to talk about it and not, you know, um, ha- let it affect me so much. Mm-hmm. So if we all finally, um, finally got the part to play me and then Adam, <laughs> and this is literally how it happened. Rehearsal started four months later. I had to learn everything about theater, like voice training and projection and theater terminology, like stage left and right and all these everything. things. <laughs> literally everything about theater in five and a half weeks or something. And it was, and you know, learn the script itself and moving about the stage. Oh God, it was a really incredible experience, actually. I don't know how I did it, but um, wow. it's amazing, really, how it happened. So then, but you, so you're playing your, you're sort of playing yourself. Largely, you're playing yourself, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I am. Yeah, it yeah. must have been a really strange experience to, to be auditioning for that part, <laughs> because you're going, I mean, this is me, and can, can they really deny me? <laughs> you know, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. did you think about, if they say no, how's that going to be? Um, I actually did expect a no. You expected I did, because <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I knew that this was going to be a big play and that I've never been trained for acting or anything. I yeah. mean, the only thing I did was a monologue, five-minute monologue. Um, so I did actually expect a no. Um, so it was a genuine surprise then when you got a yes you didn't really yeah, didn't expect I it didn't, I didn't really yeah I didn't really expect it but <laughs> you know the, actually I, I remember this part because you know when they sent me the script to audition I'm like well you know I'm you know, I'm Adam and I'm going to play Adam and it's me. And how hard can me, you know, how hard can it <laughs> yeah, be to yeah. play me? Of course, yeah. But little did I know, like I mentioned earlier, just uh, going into into rehearsals. And it, I, I, I thought I was just going to go on stage and be me. But 
that wasn't very realistic. It, it was impossible for me to be me on stage. I had to draw a line. I had to be a performer to yeah. really tell the story um, and 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 um, and give it justice, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you know, course, I can't just yeah. go on stage because a lot of people say like, "Oh, you know, you've only this is this is your acting. You've acted like yourself." And I'm like, well, it's not really like that. You know what no. I mean? And I'm you drawn a lot of moments that you've completely forgotten about. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really it was it has been an incredible experience. And and the writing of it has been a collaboration too between you. Um, it was a little yeah. It was a, I mean, obviously met with the amazing Francis poet. Um, yeah. And you know, we were just chatted. It was like a really casual chat, right. just chatting about my life and you know different parts of my my life and story and experience. Um, and then when, when we had that meeting, Francis started writing the first draft and then, you know, she would communicate after she would finish the first draft, communicate that back to me. Are you okay with everything? Do mm -hmm. you want to add, take, you know, just really, uh, communicating everything with me and caring about what I would, what would want. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say it was collaboration that way, but it, the writing itself, all of it is Francis. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. What an amazing... What an amazing task to take on for her as well, though. Yes, yes, With absolutely. you there by her side, you know? Absolutely. I actually do remember her uh, when we met in 2015. I remember Frances being like, I can't remember her exact words, but it was like, uh, it's another thing to write something fictional, but it's another to write a true story and have the actual person here and know, yeah. and know the actual person. And her, it, she, like she felt... A, think a wee bit of pressure because mm -hmm. she obviously wanted to do me justice and I'm there so you know I would imagine she didn't want to say something wrong to offend me or you know so yeah it was a lot of pressure on Francis I think yeah yeah what an amazing thing yeah and what is life like for you now was this the beginning of of an arts career or was there a sense that you would tell this story and then continue in another direction well when I started performing in Adam I really had no plan how everything would turn out after it was my my point there was just focus on this huge task and get it you know right. get it sorted and then we would know but um when i yeah but by the time i was finished with the adam run in a fringe festival i knew that i was absolutely in love with the arts all of it just mm -hmm. not acting it's physical theater um even getting into playwriting now um i'm starting to go into dancing i've just found out that I'm actually, I've got a really creative mind, but I was never, I didn't have the chance to explore that when I was younger, wow. do you know? And I'm, I'm, I'm in the, I think the past two years have been really exciting for me because I've been discovering all these things within myself that I didn't know. Um, so Adam has definitely been the, the start of my artist career. Um, yeah, and this is, this, is, this is the career that I would like to have hopefully for the rest of my life. I really just want to explore every side of it. That's huge. Yeah. You didn't even see it coming. I know. It really wasn't on my plans at all. <laughs> and it changed my entire life because I had this, you know, plan. I'm going to go to KFC. I'm going to climb my way up to management. And then right. when I get this manager, I go to a bigger company and get area coach, you know, thinking about these steps. Yeah. And now I was like, as soon as I performed to Adam, I quit the job in a second. I was like, mate, I've got, I'm doing it here, bye. You know, literally, <laughs> the end of that. are you not going to do your training? No, no, sorry. <laughs> wow. You know, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was enough of that. I just I found my passion. It Yeah. Tremendous. Um, yeah, I'm really happy about that. So now people have got this unique one-off chance to see Adam yeah. in this 
completely different way. Do you know I hadn't seen it before I saw it yeah, in the shed? I'd never okay. seen it. Yeah. I must be the only person in Scottish theatre that hasn't seen it. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I, I feel there are a lot of people that haven't seen it, uh, but. It's a great opportunity for people to see it now. Yeah, like I do know a lot of people that actually missed it, and so many are really excited to see it tonight. Yeah. Um, my mom is actually going to see me perform for the first time as well. Um, really? Tonight from Alexandria, yeah. Because uh, <sighs> she's been dying to see it. Obviously, I've told her about it, mm-hmm. and she's been dying to see it. And when I told her that, I've, <laughs> this is funny. So I was telling her, I've got this job, mom, and it's great. And, you know, but because of you know, COVID-19 and everything, it's going to be online. Uh, but it's great. And, you know, talking about that. And then she was like, it's online. Can I watch it? I'm like, oh, my God, yes. Just you can watch you. it. You just hit me. <laughs> you can actually watch it. It's online, wow. you know. And maybe this is, like, the only highlight of COVID for, you know, for yeah. me, like, personally, to be like, well, I get to show, you know, show my mum uh, what I do. That's you know? wonderful. So yeah. she's supportive now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's very supportive. Right. Very, very supportive, yeah. And the, I suppose the only, if there is a downside to this version of events is that you don't have a, co- a co-star with you. I mean, you had Nashla Kaplan. Then you had Rihanna McDonald. Absolutely. What yeah. was your experience working with them? Oh, absolutely. I mean, oh my God, like both both of them, like both Nishla and Rihanna, absolutely amazing actresses. I have learned so much from them by just mm. watching them, you know, work side by side. They they were really humble and respectful and um yeah, they they, they, they took my story with, with absolute care and respect and uh, whenever they weren't sure they would come and talk to me and really amazing humans I was really really I mean we're still friends and yeah. this is the amazing part you know we, we work together but now I've gained two amazing friends yeah um, that's what happens yeah in, no, in it, this business for sure that's I know what happens, yeah, yeah, yeah which I love I just love that about it exactly I, I know this is absolutely yeah um the really, really amazing experience. I'm missing them in this time around. Yeah, it it does take away obviously a lot uh, because having that, you know, that back and forth between yeah. the two sides of Adam um, was really powerful. I think so. It was, it was really sad to take to, to miss that and take that out. But I think the shed also. I think the shed gives it another flavor. It's. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's necessarily better or worse. It's just different. Do you know, as you say, it, you still tell the story. Yeah, you just exactly. Have to find a find a different way of telling it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Brilliant. just working on it this time around, all by myself, doing mm. all the other characters that I didn't do the first time around. It's just being being in other shoes, my mom's shoes, for example. Mm. Uh, that was weird. You know, it's it's just me. Yeah, I, it was really lovely to explore it this time around, I would say. Yeah. Well, I've really thoroughly enjoyed it and I'm thank so glad so I much. finally got to see it. Thank you so oh, thank you so much. And yeah. thanks for chatting to me. Oh, well, no worries. It's, it's, it's amazing. Thanks for inviting me to chat. What a joy, what a joy to talk to Adam and to, to be in the room and see him do that tremendous performance. I'm sure you got loads out of it. And if you didn't get a chance to see it, I'm afraid you've missed the boat because like I've often said on this show, these performances are one-offs. They're not repeated, they're not downloadable, you can't pause them or rewind them. So 
If you want to see something that's in the programme on shedinburgh.com, get booking now. Remember, the tickets start at as low as £4 a show, so it's not much and it gets you an amazing experience. It's about as close as we can get you to being at the festival, and that's, that's our intention. So remember that. Uh, As of tomorrow, we've got a new show coming to you from Ireland, My Left Nut. Then we're in New York with Immigrant Jam. And then we're coming to you from the Soho Theatre. So stay tuned to this podcast and to all the social media channels. Shedinburgh Fest on social media and Pit CC Pod for us. And uh, find out what's what's up and coming uh, and what's coming up. And of course, go to shedinburgh.com to book your tickets. So that's about it from me for today. Um, thank you very much for listening and, and being part of it. Thanks for all your support. Share it, like it, subscribe, do all the usual things that don't take much time, don't cost you any money, but make a massive difference to this show and to the success of the festival. So uh, let people know it's what's happening and that you're enjoying it. That's all we ask. So until, uh, is it tomorrow? No, until the next day, which is uh, Sunday, when I'm going to bring you a new episode um, about... Saturday night's performance. I'm trying to keep up with what day it is. Listen, tune in tomorrow night to see My Left Nut um, by Oshin Kearney and Michael Patrick. That is Sunday, the 23rd of August at 7.30pm. Tickets at shedinburgh.com. And uh, I'll be with you the following day to tell you all about it. So, until then, I'll just say what I always say. Cheerio now. <laughs>